This is TechCrunch. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Changes at YC, $1.5 billion more for ride-hailing, and Airbnb buys Hotel Tonight, by Alex Wilhelm and Kate Clark. Hello, and welcome back to Equity, TechCrunch's venture capital-focused podcast, where we unpack the numbers behind the headlines. We're back to basics this week with Kate Clark at the helm, Alex Wilhelm in the sidecar, and a stack of venture capital news and happenings to get through. And to make everyone feel included, we kicked off the episode with a roll call of new VC funds. Then, of course, we dug into the recent news out of Y Combinator. The famed accelerator is shopping around for a San Francisco HQ, signaling the end of an era where Silicon Valley ruled the world as home to YC and other top-tier venture funds that have since moved south to the city by the bay. For a long time, it was the norm for founders to haul their hardware to the 3,000 block of Sand Hill Road, where the venture capitalists of Silicon Valley would be awaiting their pitches. Today, many of the investors that touted the exclusivity of the Valley have moved north to San Francisco, where they have better access to top entrepreneurs. Y Combinator, a Silicon Valley institution and to many the lifeblood of the startups and venture capital ecosystem, is the latest to pack up shop. YC, which invests $150,000 for 7% equity in a few hundred startups per year, is currently searching for a space in San Francisco to operate its accelerator program. Sources close to YC confirmed to TechCrunch because the majority of YC's employees and its portfolio founders reside in the city. Founded in 2005, YC's roots are in Mountain View, California. In its first four years, YC offered programs in Cambridge, Massachusetts and Mountain View before opting in 2009 to focus exclusively on the Valley. In late 2013, as more and more of its partners and portfolio companies were establishing themselves in San Francisco... YC opened a satellite office in the city in what would be the beginning of its journey northbound. The small satellite office, used to support San Francisco-based staff and provide portfolio companies resources and workspace, is located in Union Square. The fate of YC's Mountain View office is unclear. YC's move north will be the latest in a series of small changes that, together, point to a new era for the accelerator. Approaching its 15th birthday... YC announced in September it was changing up the way it invests. No longer would it seed startups with $120,000 for 7% equity. It would give startups an additional $30,000 to cover the expenses of getting a business off the ground, and it would admit a whole lot more companies. YC began mentoring its largest cohort of companies to date in late 2018. The astonishing 200-plus group in its winter 2019 batch is more than 50% larger 
than the 132-team cohort that graduated in spring 2018. To accommodate the truly gigantic group at YC Demo Days later this month, March 18th and 19th, YC has moved to a new venue, San Francisco's Pier 48. Historically, YC Demo Days were hosted at the Computer History Museum near its home in Mountain View. YC has also ditched Investor Day, which is typically an opportunity for investors to schedule meetings with startups that just completed the Accelerator program. YC writes that the decision came after analyzing its effectiveness. On top of that, rumors suggest YC is planning to put an end to demo days. Other accelerators, AngelPad, for example, put a stop to the tradition last year after realizing demo day was more of a stress to startup founders than a resource. Sources close to YC, however, tell TechCrunch these rumors are categorically false. YC isn't the first accelerator to ditch its Silicon Valley digs. 500 startups, a smaller yet still prolific accelerator, opened a San Francisco satellite office the same year as YC, and in 2018, the nine-year-old program made the decision to permanently relocate to San Francisco. Venture capital firms, too, have realized the opportunities are larger in San Francisco than on Sand Hill Road. Next up was the new grab round. A fresh $1.46 billion from the Vision Fund into what TechCrunch noted is now a $4.5 billion Series H. Amazingly, we've typed that out correctly. Grab, now topped up with about $8.8 billion in capital raised, is not the ride-hailing shop that has raised the most capital, though it does round out the top three. Next, Alex wanted to talk about Chime. Kate isn't too big on fintech, but the $200 million round into the neobank brought its total capital raised to $300 million. That's a lot of coin for the company, which grew its accounts from $1 million last year to $3 million. Don't forget that Acorns raised $105 million earlier this year. Chime is the leader in the U.S. challenger banking segment. It helps members avoid bank fees, save money automatically, and lead healthier financial lives. It's based in San Francisco, California. Chime offers a modern, mobile, and connected approach to banking that gives members complete control of their finances. Chime members receive a Chime debit card, a spending account, a savings account, and a powerful mobile app that keeps members in control. The Chime mobile app is available for iPhone and Android devices and has been featured as one of the best money management apps in the App Store. Changing gears, the Latin American scene already heating up is going to get even warmer with the arrival of a new $2 billion fund from SoftBank, called the SoftBank Innovation Fund. The Japanese telecom giant wants to raise a total of $5 billion to invest in emerging markets across South America. I know what you're thinking. Damn, that's a lot of cash. Yes, yes it is. SoftBank is specifically starting in the countries of Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, and Mexico, covering areas like e-commerce, digital financial services, healthcare, mobility, and insurance. Alongside this, it's establishing a group called the SoftBank Latin America Local Hub, which will partner with companies that are already in SoftBank's investment portfolio to help them break into the region. The effort in Latin America is a big win for Marcelo Clore, who has been named CEO of SoftBank Latin America. Clore is already COO of SoftBank Group Corporation, as well as CEO of SoftBank Group International, and executive chairman of Sprint Corporation, all roles he will continue to keep as he takes on this new challenge. 
Growing up in Latin America, I witnessed firsthand the creativity and passion of the people, said Clor in a statement. There is so much innovation and disruption taking place in the region, and I believe the business opportunities have never been stronger. The SoftBank Innovation Fund will become a major investor in transformative Latin American companies that are poised to redefine their industries and create new economic opportunities for millions of people. This is the first time that SoftBank has created a fund of this kind focused on a single region. Although it has spearheaded big bets into specific countries like India in the past, and it appears to be the first time that it has formally established a group to help other portfolio companies expand in a region, although this is likely something that SoftBank would have been doing on an informal basis before now. News of this fund had been trickling out for some time, although a report in Bloomberg from January, which broke the news, had underestimated the amount that SoftBank would invest in it. It predicted $1 billion, while the actual starting amount is $2 billion. SoftBank says that it has yet to determine where it will establish its HQ for this new effort. I don't imagine this question will take on the heated race that we saw unfold around Amazon's HQ2 decision-making process. The likely candidates will probably be cities where SoftBank has already established operations in the region. Indeed, SoftBank is no stranger to investing in Latin America as part of its bigger BRIC strategy, As a developing market with a growing middle class, more than 50 million people in the region have entered the middle class, generating increased disposable income, SoftBank said. It is one of the fastest-growing regions for tech products and services. SoftBank estimates that the region accounts for 10% of the world's population and 8% of the world's GDP. Notably, given SoftBank's previous focus on Asia... It points out that this means it has two times the GDP of India and half that of China. So far, SoftBank's investments in the region have focused on e-commerce and related consumer services. It was one of the early investors in Uber Rival 99 in Brazil, which eventually was taken over by Didi, the Chinese transportation giant that SoftBank also partly owns. It has also put at least $100 million into Logi, another startup out of Brazil that focuses on delivery services. In Mexico, it is also embarking on a joint venture with Didi to establish transportation services there. It's likely the strong track record it has in those investments so far that led SoftBank to extend its activities there, particularly since it has already established a strong bulkhead in different regions across Asia, including China and India. Latin America is on the cusp of becoming one of the most important economic regions in the world, and we anticipate significant growth in the decades ahead, said Masayoshi Son, chairman and chief executive officer of SBG in a statement. SBG plans to invest in entrepreneurs throughout Latin America and use technology to help address the challenges faced by many emerging economies with the goal of improving the lives of millions of Latin Americans. I'm grateful to our chief operating officer, Marcelo Clore, for leading this initiative, in addition to his other responsibilities at SBG. As with other SoftBank investments that do not come out of its vision fund, the latter will potentially use this as a springboard to get involved as well. Latin America presents significant opportunities for SoftBank Group, and the vision fund will have the ability to co-invest alongside the innovation fund, said Rajiv Misra. CEO of SoftBank Investment Advisors, who runs the Vision Fund. Marcello and team will offer invaluable expertise to help Latin America companies 
scale their operations, benefit from the greater SoftBank ecosystem, and grow into global market leaders. The Vision Fund has come under some scrutiny because of its ties to Saudi money and the controversy surrounding that government's human rights policies. For investors like SoftBank, focusing attention on Latin America makes a lot of sense. Not only does that help it diversify by focusing on another rapidly growing region, but it gives the group one more way to sweeten the deal to invest in any fast-growing startup by offering a helping hand in their efforts to expand to other regions by way of their network of contacts and existing services. In addition to people getting more well-off in the region, there are other indicators that point to it being a healthy market for tech investment. Latin America has 375 million internet users and 250 million smartphone users, putting it ahead of the U.S. in terms of sheer numbers. And retail e-commerce has nearly doubled in the last three years, going to $54 billion in 2018 from $29.8 billion in 2015. Similarly, there is a big opportunity ahead because of what the region doesn't have. Some 400 million people are still without bank accounts or credit histories. And while 79% of the population lives in urban areas, those people generally don't get great access to public transport. Healthcare has also been an area of underinvestment up to now, opening the door to building and expanding medical, wellness, and other related solutions. But to be clear, there are already a ton of companies and entrepreneurs and talent in the region. So this is as much about getting closer to them and helping them grow with funding as it is about bringing in startups from outside the region to tap these opportunities. SoftBank hopes that by setting out its stall in the heart of it, it will have a shot at profiting from both. And finally this week, hours before we hit record, Airbnb agreed to acquire the popular hotel booking app Hotel Tonight for what's reported to be about a flat price to its last valuation, $465 million. As Airbnb gears up for its big leap into the public markets, it's expanding its accommodations platform to include more than just treehouses and quirky homes. Today, the company has confirmed its intent to acquire Hotel Tonight, the developer of a hotel booking application that lets travelers arrange last-minute accommodations. The deal was previously reported by the Wall Street Journal, which wrote in January that negotiations for the transaction had gone cold. Airbnb is expected to complete an initial public offering as soon as this year, though co-founder and chief executive officer Brian Chesky has refrained from revealing a specific timeline. Like Uber, which plans to become the ultimate transportation company, Airbnb's long-term ambition is to build an end-to-end travel platform complete with home sharing, hotel booking, business travel arrangements, experiences, and more. Once the deal is complete, the Hotel Tonight app and website will continue to operate independently, with co-founder and CEO Sam Shank reporting to Airbnb's president of homes, Greg Greeley. We started Hotel Tonight because we knew people wanted a better way to book an amazing hotel room on demand, and we're excited to join forces with Airbnb to bring this service to guests around the world, Shank said in a statement. Together, Hotel Tonight and Airbnb can give guests more choices and the world's best boutique and independent hotels a genuine partner to connect them with those guests. Founded in 2010, San Francisco-based Hotel Tonight garnered a valuation of $463 million, with a $37 million Series E funding in 2017, according to PitchBook. In total, the startup has raised $131 million in venture capital funding from Excel and Battery Ventures, 
which have participated in nearly every funding round for Hotel Tonight. Other early investors include Forerunner Ventures and First Round Capital. The deal made us wonder if the Airbnb IPO could be delayed due to the roughly half-billion-dollar deal, provided that reports bear out. We haven't confirmed the transaction price, so more from us when we have it. Also, this is hardly Airbnb's first buy. That and we had fun. See you all in seven days. Equity drops every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, so subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Downcast, and all the casts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.